All right, everybody, we're back for another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. Today we are joined by the legend himself, Kevin Bull. Uh, Bull, how did you get your start kind of in the shoulder pad game where you're at now with Douglas and, and lead us from, from point A to point B, I guess? Um, it's actually been a 35-year-long trip. I started out, uh, actually, uh, at high school. <clears throat> thought I was going to be a teacher. Wasn't really sure. Um, two friends of mine were going on a recruiting trip, football players, to a Pratt Community College and uh, asked me if I wanted to tag along. So the school didn't know I was coming, just jumped in the car. And we get down there and, you know, go through the whole recruiting game thing. And uh, the next day they offer me a scholarship too, trying to get my buddies as a package deal to come in and Originally, they said work in their video department, film and practice and that type of stuff. So, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. So I get down there and uh, I'm going to be video equipment and trainer student of all of these. Uh, so I had to go check the camera out from the video department at the school. It's the last time I touched it. They gave me a guy to run that, but they turned me loose in the training room and the equipment room. And the interesting thing about the junior college days is after a game on Saturday night, you'd soak the players' uniforms in the whirlpool, but you had to get them out and sanitize it for treatments the next morning because that was your that was your soaking tub for the players the next day that you used to soak your game uniforms in the night before. Jeez. So needless to say, there was a lot of a lot of hours spent between those two rooms getting things ready. Um and I was there for a year, and uh, Shorty Kleino at Kansas State had heard about me through one of the coaches we had on staff, actually two of the coaches on staff, and he reached out to me about coming up to K-State, and so I met up, went up and met with him and uh, wound up going there the next year, the following year, uh, during the off, I mean, during, to, for the regular season. For the spring season, I stayed in Pratt uh, because... I know you'll find this hard to believe, but I was an RA in my dorm, and I was also the team mascot at basketball games. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but we were the Beavers, so I was the I was the Beaver at basketball games. Uh, that's something you really don't do sober. I guess we can throw that out there now. It's been enough years; the statute of limitations should be. <laughs> on that one uh so i'd hold a party on my floor the night before basketball games to get me primed to go to work and we'd have trash can punch whatever anyway um i did get in trouble for a touching official one time though uh, that's a no-no but uh, anyway back to the equipment world here <clears throat> so i went to k-state and uh i wound up being the head student manager um Three of my four years there, uh, which was kind of cool. I was there during the Depression. In my four years, we had uh, three wins, 40 losses, and one tie. Uh, so that was rough. I was the head manager, Coach Snyder's first year when he first came to the program. Um, from there, um, I got I was fortunate enough to go to the United States Naval Academy. Um, Tom Connor. Georgia Tech now was the equipment guy at, at Navy at the time. He brought me in to be as an assistant for football uh, and lightweight football, 
and turned into basketball, uh, which was cool. I got to go to Hawaii for the Rainbow Classic. Um, and then uh, he, he left after two years to go to Georgia Tech. And I was fortunate enough, uh, Jack Lingle of We Are Marshall, Jack Lingle, was our athletic director. And um, he hired me full time. I was 24 years old. I got the head job taking over 30 sports at the Naval Academy. And um, that was kind of interesting. Um, our, I remember our lacrosse coach, our second lacrosse coach, Richie Mead, came to me and uh, he wanted me to come to the lacrosse coaches convention with him and go through all the equipment stuff. And and I, I said, Richie, I said, I'm from Kansas. I said, the only thing I know about lacrosse, I learned in seventh grade history, and that's that the Indians played it. I go, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm really not up on all this. He's like, I want you there. He goes, Syracuse brings their football guy. We're bringing our football guy. And I'm like, okay. And then uh, he got me to start working some camps with him in upstate New York in the summertime. So I started getting a little bit more involved in that. But um, Great, great run at Navy. Uh, great place to be. I was very happy being an equipment manager. We uh, recently built a new locker room. I got to design my equipment room in the locker room layout at the time. Uh, we'd done redone the basketball facility. I got to design the equipment room in the locker room there or had input uh, that they listened to input, uh, which was nice. And you don't always get that. So you know, Mr. Lingle, Mr. Lingle loved me and, um, you know, things were going great. And then, uh, Doug Douglas approached me and I actually told him no three times before I ever listened to what he had to say. I wasn't interested. I was happy being an equipment guy. And, uh, he, uh, we were at the AFCA out in California and we we're both at the airport at the same time. And, He's like, just fly to Houston and talk to us. And I'm like, I said, Doug, don't even waste a plane ticket on me. I said, I'm, I'm not leaving. He goes, plane tickets are nothing. He goes, if you're not going to come to me, I'm going to fly to Baltimore and see you. I said, well, if you're not letting this go, I'm getting a trip. You know, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so they flew me to Houston. I interviewed for a day and a half and, uh, Man, the more I was there, just the more I excited I, I started getting about it. And, um, you know, the opportunity that was presenting itself was so much different than what I was doing that, uh, I, I, like I said, I got really excited about it. And, you know, the greatest thing for me was after being an equipment guy and being on the other side, uh, having vendors come to see you, you know how you like to be treated, you know how they, you know. And it's no different than you should treat anybody in any walk of life. Just treat people like people, you know, uh, just be respectful and courteous. It's, it's really not hard. And, um, but the other thing was all these people that were about to become my customers were already my friends. Now I've been at Douglas 20 years later and I've made so many more new friends and, you know, the existing relationships that I had 20 years ago are stronger now than they ever were. And, so I was really excited about the opportunity to to be on the road and travel and go see other people's facilities and talk to equipment guys. You know, I mean, 
I drag a big old bag around with shoulder pad samples. You know, people ask me, you know, how's it going? I'm just dragging a bag. You know, that's <laughs> what I do. I just drag a bag. But, you know, I'll sit in somebody's office for 20 or 30 minutes before we ever unzip it. You know, it's it's just, you know, the the whole relationship, friendship, trust element that's there. And I will say this. I was I was a loyal Nike shoe guy. Uh, at this time, when I was an equipment guy, there were only seven, I believe, Nike schools that were on field with uniforms and the whole thing. And so we had to piecemeal our stuff together. We were fortunate to have Nike shoes. I believe they were the best shoes on the market. Uh, at the time, we were wearing Newman gloves, which at the time, I believe, were the best glove on the market. And we were wearing Wilson pants and Russell jerseys. I wasn't tied into anything, so I was able to buy what I felt was the best product out there for each thing that we were doing. And, you know, the Wilson guys would try to get me to wear their jerseys, and I'd be like, guys, the Russell guys are trying to get me to wear their pants. Just be happy with what you're getting here. I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm making the choices here, not you. And um, we threw the Wilson ball. Uh, it was a great ball. It still is actually a great ball. But uh, I know there's been a lot of other balls that have stepped up, and there, there's some other good balls out there. But uh, I'm not trying to make a commercial for any of these guys. But uh, with that said, I was 80% shut helmets, 20% uh, Rydell helmets. I liked both of them. I just felt more comfortable with the shut. I thought I could get more people in it without the use of air. Because at this point, we were at the – VSR four age and the air advantage. I was actually on the shut advisory board that designed the air advantage, uh, which was a good helmet at the time. Today, people look at it and go, Oh my God, <laughs> you caveman wore these, you know, uh, people are scared of it these days <laughs> as well. They should be these days, but well, back, yeah. we did, you know, back then we didn't know any better and we thought we'd made something great. Um, uh, for the, for the time period, it was it was a pretty good helmet. But anyway, with all that said, as loyal as I was to each of those products, I could have never left being an equipment guy to go to work for any of them. They were all, you know, corporate, big business, just not the family atmosphere that I had when I and still have today with the Douglas family. Um, you know, just the... The way the things we do around here, you know, just taking care of our people and having fun doing, you know, deep fat frying turkeys on Thanksgiving or crawfish boils or whatever the case may be. Briskets were on sale. So we're going to smoke a bunch of those for everybody. You know, that type of thing. It's just, you know, we float the river every summer together. It's just things like that 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 really still set us apart set us apart at Douglas from everybody else out there. A lot of great products out there. I just couldn't have left the life that I loved to go try something totally different on the other side of the fence being a vendor. And obviously, you know, at the time I was very active in the AMA. I was the national membership chairman and um, I, I'm still a certified member of that. I think it's important. Um, I, we try to help the organization out where we can. Um, but because I got out, you know, that, that threw up a lot of, I don't know if red flags is the right terminology or not, but I had a lot of phone calls that first year from guys asking me about, you know, 
how do you like it? You know, and I'm like, I love it. They go, oh, you like it better? I'm like, no, not at all. I like it different. I go, these are two totally different jobs. I go, I love being a court manager. I love being around the game. And the fact that my job, my life revolved around a game. And I think the thing I miss the most is the student managers, just that camaraderie you have with those wing nuts. And, <laughs> and I mean that affectionately. I, you know, those were, you know, I, I've got every picture we ever took as a, you know, for the group photo for the program every year. <clears throat> you know, those were my kids. They kept me young and, and, Made me gray at the same time, but uh, not as gray as I got once I started dealing with equipment managers full time from the other side. <laughs> yeah, made you made you feel a little bit like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I was more of a pain to work with than I realized. But <laughs> no, and, I'm, and there's some vendors out there that let me know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. No, one thing you did hit on a lot has always been. Um, when someone asks me about Douglas, it's kind of one of the first things that comes to your mind is you guys preach that family atmosphere and how things are different there. And I think you guys have the advantage of, of being in one real spot and you have a smaller staff than maybe some of these big corporate companies. You don't have a ton of reps all over the country that are, that are spaced out. And Pat can kind of speak to that a little bit, too, with, with being on the rep side of things on a national brand. And how you may come to a center location for a meeting, but that's about as much as it gets. How, how is it that Douglas became such a small operation, but is a national brand? And is is that family atmosphere, I, I know it had to come from the start, but how have you guys maintained that as the company's grown all, all these years? Um, let me try not get sidetracked because I really want to fully answer that. But I do want to say, um, and I've said this from my after being here one year, uh, and I've preached it, Douglas's greatest strength is its greatest weakness. And that's that we're a small family-owned company in Houston, Texas. Uh, we've gotten where we are today because of that mentality and that relationship, not not only within ourselves, but with our customers. Um, but that's also why we're where we're at today. We're not any bigger than we are today. You know, we are bigger than we were 20 years ago when I got here, uh, both in number of road guys and in um, number of sales done, uh, we've done very well, uh, and we've managed to do it pretty much with the same size crew in the back. Um, but when, when I first got, I mean, when Douglas, Mr. Douglas and his two sons, Jeff and Raj, God rest your soul, Jeff, uh, Jeff passed away on St. Patrick's Day of 2018 in a boating accident, but um, they... I mean, those guys were the ultimate at at this. I mean, they were they were eating bologna sandwiches. You know, they they didn't have a rivet machine when they originally started out. They were converting other people's plastic arches with air management cushions. So they were taking like those old Wilson sixty six eyes that you've seen in the museums and cutting that cloth out and attaching them into an air management cushion into there. And, you know, they had a sewing machine and an iron and some fabric. And, uh, you know, I remember the story. They were they were working in this old gas station thing. They got in one of the bays and uh, Mr. Douglas came into the back room and said, boys, we're going to make it. Notre Dame just ordered 50 pair of pads. 
<coughs> Jeff Douglas looked at him and said, F you, who's going to build them? <laughs> 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 and, you know, they were, they were living on the road. Doug was out in a minivan for six months at a time with a hot plate, just, you know, sleeping in a hotel like every other night so he could get a shower. And, I mean, the ultimate road warrior just out showing their product and getting people to believe in it and try it. And um, so it's really a pretty amazing story uh, to look at where we're at today from where those three guys started with this. And David, David Morris, who still runs our factory today, first person not named Doug, Douglas hired. Um, and just, uh, you know, what they went through. And as far as keeping it that way, that's just the way Mr. Douglas kind of instilled it in his kids. You know, we're going to do this and you know, we're going to, we got a job to do and we got an important job to do. And their, their goal was to build a quality product that was going to protect the athlete. And we've never strayed from that. But the one thing, and I think it's probably been the hardest to hold on to the last few years, especially is that they were going to have fun doing it. Um, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to enjoy this, but we're going to have fun with our customers. We're going to have fun amongst our company. So you never really feel like, oh, my God, I got to go to work today. You know, it's it's never that. And um, I mean, some days are better than others, like any job. But, it, you know, we're not we're not faking calling in sick. As a matter of fact, I, myself included, I think all of us are usually here when we are sick, you know, and. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I can walk, we're we're getting there, you know, <laughs> uh, type thing, you know, I, so it's not something, you know, until I had my vertigo, I, I, I think maybe I had two sick days outside of those in 20 years. And one of those was a half day. Um, so it's, it's just, I don't know, you feel more a part of it. Like I said, it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird feel obligated to be there it's i feel like i'm letting somebody down if i'm not you know and we you know we we we're all in this together mm -hmm. and uh we've got a, a good little you know check the checker you got checks and balances on people to make sure that we're you know nobody's getting too carried away with their expense account which i get i get called out on that every once in a while i've been known to toe that line a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get too wrapped up in the situation. Yeah, let's do some more. But, not you. Um, not you, Bull. Never you. <laughs> yeah, I know you find that hard to believe, too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so I don't – Scott, I hope I got your question. I get sidetracked yeah. a lot when I'm telling a story or trying to answer a question. I don't I don't know. It started when I was a small child. I just get – no. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, kind of piggybacking on that, you're – probably when it really comes down to it, one of the most well-known vendors out there, one of the most well-known reps, you're kind of part of like that OG group of guys who's been around forever. You know, everybody you've been doing it so well for so long. Is there anything specifically you feel that you do that kind of helps in that process? Cause I mean, I've, you know, Scott and I both kind of bounced around school to school, but we always, you know, when we were even at smaller schools, we knew who you were. We, we knew kind of what your company did. And it just seems like you have kind of like that, that special sauce or something that, that helps everybody know who you are and what you guys are doing. Well, first of all, when people ask me, you know, 
when they hear what I do, they go, how'd you get a job like that? I, I tell them I'm cursed. But uh, <laughs> I also do want to touch on that OG comment there. That was that was a rough transition for me, you know, especially, you know, when I started out as equipment manager and, you know, what I was doing within the association, I was definitely part of the young guard, you know, getting a head job at 24 years old and then um, and then coming to Douglas at 32. Uh, so I was the young guard when I got here. So, you know, that transformation, it just, it happened way faster than you plan on it happening, I think. Um, and I, when I first took the job, I reached out to a, a local salesman there that called on me at Navy and um, told him I was leaving. He came to town to take me to lunch and I, I really wasn't... The lunch was nice, but I really wanted him to come see me because I was scared. I had questions. I, you know, I didn't know how I would do on the other side. I didn't know if this was the right move for me, you know, and he told me the best piece of advice I've ever gotten on this. And I've relayed to anyone who's trying to get out or thinking about getting out. He told me to be myself until yourself doesn't work. And. I've been fortunate enough that so far, 21 years here at Douglas, myself is still working. I haven't had to change, and that makes it easy, too. Now, there may be some people out there that wished I had changed or think maybe <laughs> I should. My wife thinks I should grow up at some point during this, especially now that I'm in the old guard. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when you only know one way to do things – that, that's how you do it, you know, and that that was one of the things, you know, looking back at being an equipment guy, I only knew one way to do it. You know, I still didn't want to be throwing bags when I was 62, you know, and how good I'd have been on delegating. I'm sure as I got older, I'd have probably figured it out. But um, at the same time, you know, a box needs move. Somebody move it, you know, and if it's me that's got to move, it, you got to move it, you know. You know, balls in, in the middle of the field, get it off. You know, somebody's got to, you know, at the end of the day, just move the box. And with this stuff, I just, I like everything I try to do in life. And I'm not trying to like brag on myself or whatever. It's just treat people the way you'd like to be treated. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, that's what I tried to do with every team that came to play us. And, you know, with our, our basketball teams and baseball and stuff at Navy, you know, they were in, you know, the smaller conferences and a lot of the schools that came to us, you know, didn't, you know, didn't have the extra set of uniforms or whatever, you know. So, I mean, we offered laundry and towels and, you know, whatever anybody needed at any sport that ever came to play us. And, you know, I had I got questioned on it by an assistant AD one time. I go, man, we send teams out on the road. I go, something could happen. I said, we want to be, tr I said, we try to prepare for everything when we send them out, but there's things that are going to happen. I said, we don't want somebody, you know, crushing us. I said, treat people the way you want to be treated. And that's just, that's the way I've approached what I'm doing with sales. And I still don't like to think I'm a salesman. I'm still an equipment guy at heart. You know, I mean, I still watch football games a lot different than everybody else, as you know, oh, yeah. we, we see, we catch, uh, you know, sideline shirts, what shoes guys are wearing, and still see the play, you know. <laughs>
Yeah. Uh, that shoulder pad, you know, a, a cup comes out of a shoulder pad. And, you know, all the regular guy on TV saw was a heck of a hit. No, I saw what the guy was wearing that hit him or, you know, you mm -hmm. know, the hit. 100%. I imagine the first time a guy goes down and he's holding a shoulder from a dislocation or anything else, you're looking to see what brand that is. But that's well, a whole other, another side of things that, that you vendors will see that maybe us equipment guys won't even notice at first. Anytime a guy's holding a shoulder, cringe is the first thing that happens until you can figure out what's underneath that jersey. Cringe is always the first thing. And you get a relief when it's not you, but you still feel bad for the other guy. You know, you never want to see kids get hurt. Uh, yeah. It's bad for the kid, but at the same time, you're like, and if it's ours, you're going, oh, please don't take the jersey off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just cover those epaulets and yeah. don't Do show the, the back plate and we're good fellas <laughs> locker room you know but uh no but cringe is definitely what happens first for sure i gotta ask this and scott and i talked about about uh the possibility of this sometime off off screen but um off recording but is there any chance that you guys are going to bring back the uh script douglas or at least make that a custom option available for anybody to order so Justin Williams got hold of who? <laughs> I just talked to him earlier today. Did he reach out to you guys? No. Scott no. Scott told me about the summit meeting that you guys had. Oh, okay. I'm like, uh, Justin just happened to call me this afternoon, and I mentioned this. I'm like, did he reach out? I said, I'm, I'm yeah, because no, I'm a shout out to you, Justin. Justin. We're, we're here for why I cuss him out. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to help. We're trying to push push the cause. It's um, Pat and I were talking about it off. We're like, you know, it's such such a good look. Charge me double. I won't tell my coaches. I'll just pay for the script Douglas. They think the shoulder pads are supposed to be five hundred dollars, not two fifty. We're just paying double price for for uh, for the script Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> no, the summits were the summits were our kind of a new approach. I know Patrick, you were at my live one in uh Carolina in Chapel Hill back in it was like God, 15. 17, 16, 15, somewhere in there. It was like 15 or 16, I think. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was it was around six or five or six of of the of the Carolina summits. But uh, kind of try to take that format and take it, you know, with the virtual Zoom thing. Um not easy to do on the discussion side of things. That's why you wind up listening to people talk about script Douglas, but uh, <laughs> I didn't have to throw the mute button. That's the one thing I do different on those. Uh, but, uh, but uh, we try to, you know, the whole intent of those, especially the live ones. And we tried to, you know, duplicate it with the, with the zoom ones um, is to make it beneficial for the equipment person. And, Obviously, we've got a message that we want to relay, but that's not where we want the meeting to end. We want the next thing, uh, because we'd been so successful in the Carolinas with it, we were coming into our 10th anniversary when COVID shut us down. Um, so we didn't, get a, we didn't get to have that one. But um, every year at that one, as Patrick knows, I, when I do my individual breakout with them, that's the other thing I really missed with the Zoom meeting was my individual time. Um, but first two questions, first question is, was this beneficial for you? And second question is, will you come back next year if I do it again? And, you know, after the first couple of years, I was hearing, 
as much as we love to listen to you talk, we get more out of the roundtable. I'm like, that's fine. That's I as long as whatever it takes to get you guys here and you're getting something out of, I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, and that's just, you know, been our mindset with this. And like, I mean, the Carolinas was an experiment that worked. I moved it, started an Ohio one. I think we're on year six of that now. Um, we would have been on year two of the Georgia one and Ryan's on like year three or four of his Colorado one. So it's been a really good format for us. And we tried to, we knew we couldn't duplicate it, but we tried to get as close as we could with the zooms. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, anyway, hopefully they were, they were still beneficial. And then, you know, I don't know if Scott, did you get a care package? <laughs> I did get a care package. It came, it came the day after, um, yeah, well, that because of the ice storm, we had some yeah. ship delays due to the ice storm to, but we were trying to have the care packages there for, for that happy hour round table that evening. But, uh, apologize that, uh, UPS and the, and the weather wasn't cooperating with us. Uh, Who knew Texas was going to freeze in uh, in March? <laughs> yeah, I, I sent an email to uh, some to uh, some people we deal with in Canada with two under, and I said, "Look, I don't know how y'all up north deal with this weather." I go, "We've had our three day free trial, and I would like to return it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a great care package. It was it was a good summit. I went to the Carolina one. Um, when I was at JMU, we went, uh, my boss, Chris and I, so we went and saw, and it was very similar. You're right. The one-on-one stuff and the group discussions just wasn't quite the same, but I do find that to be very unique. And it's very much like our district meetings, whether it's, um, the one-on-one stuff with you or even the, the product showing that you do kind of out the jump, that's all very good. But like you said, yeah, the round table discussion alone it makes it just just like a district meeting that that you do with AMA and makes uh makes it very valuable and there's always some some good stories to be had from from those roundtable discussions and the um, the after party as well where where you kind of get together in in a more relaxed setting and and get get to the bottom of some things with some equipment guys and, and vendors alike it's it, it's a really good time. Well, I mean, the one thing I will say is like with those summits and the different things that you guys have been able to do with it, it kind of you know, leads to potentially some new products for you guys. Cause you're, you're getting feedback on what your shoulder pads are doing. And if I remember correctly, I think when we were there, it, whether it was 15 or 16, I truly can't remember, but I mean, you guys had kind of helped design, like they had helped design like a new pad where you guys are looking at kind of cutting away a little bit of that, um, your, your plastic shell on top and different things that you guys are, I can't remember the, I mean, I've been out of it for too long. Obviously, I can't even remember the the, the style. I think it was like the forty six, the twenty four SW in that era. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it's just you you talk to guys, see what what the players are thinking, because um, you're getting like the direct input from the equipment managers, and you know it it might help come up with a new option for y'all or or something. But the fact that everybody can sit around, talk some shop, and and figure out what's working best for for each school and for different position groups i mean that is hugely beneficial for equipment managers and then to be able to talk with you one-on-one i think is is awesome well yeah and i'm 
I'm not a patron saint here. I mean, granted, I got to make it beneficial for you all to be there. But if it's not beneficial to Douglas, it, we wouldn't be doing them anymore either. Um, so, yeah, it, it is. It does serve a dual purpose in that. Uh, uh, for one, you know, me relaying the message, but two, what we get back for feedback and what we're hearing we need to do. And, you know, the the most important thing that we need back that our customers are absolutely horrible at is let us know when there's something wrong. You know, there's so many things if it's, I mean, if it's major, we hear it, but if it's something small, they just you know, let it go. Oh, they don't want to bother me. No, please bother me. <laughs> you know, um, uh, we years ago, back in the early 2000s, when our butterfly restrictor was a popular piece, <clears throat> we started hearing minor grumblings that from people on the street that the holes don't line up to attach it to our shoulder pads. And so, you know, we start pulling different arches and looking at different things. So I just start calling our customers that I know are wearing those extensively. And they're like, oh, yeah, we just drill a hole in it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Should have. We need to we need to know we need to know if it's not fitting on this certain size art. Oh yeah, you know, the Mr. D large doesn't fit on it right. We just drill a hole. I'm like, okay. We need to know that. We're selling these to other people. We need to adjust our you know, and now if you look at the butterfly today, even though nobody hardly uses them, there's two slots on each side to allow you to move that around from what we originally had. But <laughs> anyway, just an example of guys, let us know. Noted. I will make sure. But uh, Pat, you want to take us into a break, and we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll finish up with with Bull here and, and ask him a few more questions about his time in the industry. Sounds good to me. We'll be right back, guys. All right, guys, welcome back. We're still here with with Kevin Bull. And uh, the one thing I do want to open with, and we literally just talked about this about 15 seconds ago. And, uh, Bull, this is something kind of away from the the shoulder pad game. Um, But tell us a little bit about the two unders and and what that is and why everybody should be wearing it. Because I've already told you I might be placing an order with you here by the time we're done with this uh, this recording. Uh, yeah, no, the two hundred has been um, has been a you know a very successful thing for us. Um, you know, when they first approached us and they started talking about how the material and trying to explain it versus touching it's obviously not going to work here. Uh, but I um, said it was a a Model Beechwood cotton a uh, cotton blend. All I heard was Beechwood. I'm like, that's worked for Budweiser since 1876. We can we can do something with this. Sign uh, me up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the key is the Joey pouch that uh, kind of forms a nice little cup around there. I've I've had coaches tell me it's like they're on clouds. Um, so it, the the comfort level. Another one used Magic Carpet Ride as a as an example, and. Uh, so, yeah, for your coaching staffs and equipment staffs, obviously, um, you know, I've got a lot of schools that just buy it for game day. Others, you know, use it for them year round. Um, 
but yeah, no, definitely look into that and, you know, whoever's out there, get hold of your Douglas rep. If you're needing those, whether you buy shoulder pads first or not, let us help you, you know, be comfortable at practice. Yeah. They're, that's a, they're that's a major changing. thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I got, I got to the league and, you know, you get a lot of cool things um, when you first get to the NFL and you're kind of blown away, especially me coming from Georgia Southern, just kind of a mid-major type school. And you see all the gear that's there and all the shoulder pads they have in inventory and all the helmets and everything's nice, bright lights. And then your first game day, they give you a pair of two unders and you put those on and that's when you know you made it. It's, um, <laughs> they're, they're, they are nice, they are comfortable. But I mean, aside aside from the two under, it's it's you don't associate maybe Douglas, a shoulder pad company, with that. But I mean, you guys do some other stuff with your your easy snaps and and some other things too. So two under is just kind of, I would say, um, I don't know if it's your crowning achievement, but uh, it's definitely on par. If it's you can you can call this your uh, I'm making your pitch for you. But if it's Douglas, then it's it's some kind of excellence and two under. That's their dessert. That's the dessert. Uh, yeah. There it is. You get the shoulder pads for your main course and, and two unders your dessert. Right up there with our kolaches. <laughs> Nothing tops the kolaches. That I mean <laughs> if I had to choose between two under and kolaches, it'd be it'd be tough. But I think I, I think kolaches might win. Wow. I, had, no, no. I had a guy tell me one morning why I was eating the sausage and gravy, which will change your life, the sausage and gravy kolache. He goes, I don't know if heaven has a taste, but if it does, this is it. <laughs> That was so my year in Jacksonville, one of the duties I had, your your other duties as assigned, um, if you will, was the O line would order Maple Street Biscuit Company down in Jacksonville. If you've ever had it, it's it's amazing. They'd order it every Friday morning. So I'd have to get to this place at like five AM when they open and pick up two hundred dollars worth of biscuits and biscuits and gravy and everything else, and you go put it out in the O line meeting room so when they get there they've got breakfast. And I would always get some, get the leftovers, and it was good, and I thought it was the best breakfast you could have. Then you go on a road game in Houston, and Bull pulls up with kolaches, and you have their biscuits and gravy kolache, and there's it's not even not even a comparison. The Houston and the state of Texas with those kolaches, they've got it figured out. Sounds like the dream right there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Bull, the one thing, and again, this is also something we talked about kind of during the break. Um Something that I thought was really cool, and this was from you know when I was working at BSN. This was something they kind of released uh, just a just a few months ago. Really, well, I say a few months ago. It's probably been six, eight months ago at this point. Um, but BSN and Douglas are are kind of in business now, and and there's a specific line of pads that BSN reps can sell. While they do have access to the full catalog, but there is kind of like a, a more affordable, if you will, pad for guys at the high school level or maybe some some lower level colleges. Um, but if you could just tell us a little bit about that, how that partnership came about and just what you guys did, because I, I know you said you kind of had a hand in, in developing that pad and, and kind of what was all going on there. Yeah, um, that the BSN thing we're obviously still very excited about that we actually launched that at the national show in november of 19 i believe is when we were out there i think it was november um october november anyway um we've we've been doing some imported pads for a number of years here for the institutional level obviously all our custom and our standard pads are made here in houston um which 
yeah, made in the USA, but it's made at our place. We totally control everything that goes into our pads from the materials to the workmanship or whatever. Uh, but when we first started looking offshore, the one advantage that we had over everybody but one other company out there at the time um, that did stuff offshore in, in the Orient, in Asia, was we build shoulder pads. That That's, that's what we do here. Um, where, so we didn't just call over there and say, Hey, pull a pad off the shelf for a running back and one for a lineman and one for a skill guy or whatever, and stamp our name on it. Um, we designed all the pads here, sent them over. I mean, we literally built the pads here. We sent them over there and said, here, please build these. And, you know, when they came back from across the room, they kind of look like what they did, uh, but then we got to looking at, you know, the only thing cheaper than the elastic they used was the bio thing they used. And there was all this just didn't meet up to the Douglas standards. And uh, we're like, Why, what happened here? This is not what we sent over. This is not what we want. And they go, well, that costs more money. We're like, we never said anything about money. <laughs> you, you build what we want you to build. You tell us what it costs. Don't try to come in at a price point for us. We never gave you one. Um, so no one had ever approached them that way. We actually made the, the company over there a much better shoulder pad builder by the time this was all said and done. But um, And so then you know, they came back, and it was better. And We put them on. They just didn't feel right. So we wound up making all the patterns for all the main body cushions here in Houston and sending those over. Said, here, build off of our patterns. and. Um, And that's how the imported thing. Now with BSN, we'd been we'd been, you know, in talks with them for an, off and on, mostly off for several years. Um, finally, you know, we got to the point where we we thought we could reach something that was going to be beneficial to both sides. So we took uh, we took some of our pads and we tweaked um and made them exclusively for for BSN. Um, There's some things on there like the hinge cushion that's that's only offered in our custom series. Uh, there's locking epaulets on the BSN PT pads, which we don't offer to anybody in an inline thing. We've done it custom for people over the years, and we'll do again. Uh, but as far as an inline thing, it's not there. We use the matted black plastic, which was a, a very attractive look to it and gave it some contrast from some of our other stuff that was out there and made it exclusive a bsn pad that way that's awesome I, i i loved it you know just being able to have something different to to sell to our customers with a company that has i mean you guys have been doing it forever you know what i mean and you're such a well-known name when it comes to protective equipment protective shoulder pad um and then being able to to open up the catalog in general for us when i was you know oh that was the other nice thing is it You guys had had access to our catalog for a few years, but no one had ever really gave you permission and said, "Hey, it's okay to to uh, to sell this other stuff." So yeah, the entire line is open to all BSN sales pros now, and um, and obviously the PT pad too. But um, and they skewed up some other items. They skewed up our SPs and our D2s, our our low our intro level pad. Um, at the high school level. Yeah, it was huge. And like you said, it had been there, but it was never something that was kind of talked about. 
and then you know finally they were just like hey by the way guys this is this is what we have and uh let's go do it and then you see just you know at least the the handful of people that i was talking to everybody was pumped about it because it gives a different option right and bsn has their own shoulder pad that they make and this is nothing against bsn shoulder pads but douglas shoulder pads are going to be better and i loved douglas shoulder pads i had you know uh obviously like a good connection with you and you know having known you and having worked with that pad so much just knowing that even though it wasn't necessarily the pad that that you guys had it was something that was specifically made for you know bsn i knew that the the quality standards of it were going to be better so it was something that you see a lot more sales pros really starting to push and and talk about with their their customers because y'all made you know basically the best pad on the market so that was huge that that definitely changed the game for for bsn and in what they're doing in terms of protective equipment good and i think um go ahead i I would just say we're excited about the relationship that we've got going with bsn and uh you know the fact that it did open us up to all those uh, that you know, the number of sales pros that they have out there and the excitement that was there at the unveiling in Arizona and Phoenix was phenomenal. But, um, so yeah, no, we're wanting good things to happen there. Obviously COVID screwed up everybody's year last year, but it started this. So you got, we, we've got podcast now. Hey, Hey, um, because of COVID is why people are, are able to listen to us right now. But you got to love the fact that all these Texas-based companies are, are coming together and, and working together to, to try and better athletic equipment for people. So can't beat it. I can't, I can't imagine um, a highlight of COVID being this podcast, but it certainly has, has been for us. But the, uh, the thing you did say is, is custom. You use that a lot when you talk about Douglas. And when you guys are controlling the manufacturing like you do, and you can do it all right there, um, it does give you a lot more customization and ability to do that for customers. I'm in the process of ordering some, some AC inserts and things like that. Um, so it's fresh on my mind, but I do like how you talked about on the summit, um, just not even a month ago, I guess, how some of these inserts that you guys do for shoulder pads have come from drawings or phone conversations of people explaining what they think they need for, for injured athletes. And that's something that, um, unless you've seen the catalog you guys have the pictures of all this stuff, people might not know the wide variety of, of things you offer, but I do think that um, it's worth touching on and talking about a little bit because like you said, we're all here for the, the betterment and the safety of the student athlete. And, and if you're, if you're a pro guy, the, the athlete in general, but I think it's um, it's huge when you talk about trusting a vendor and knowing that they're on the same page as you and, and how much you guys offer and the ability that, we have to go beyond the just the shoulder pad and protecting kids. So, what all do you guys um, have that you're you're happy about that offer? Maybe any any unique stories about how some of that stuff's come about? Obviously, we've already touched on the the butterfly restraints and and the whole um, not lining up and how that's been altered. But how you guys have customized some stuff to work for equipment managers and athletic trainers alike, just to, just to protect athletes. Um. Well, one thing, I mean, we're a custom shop here. Uh, uh, we, and that's, that's been our, you dig into the grassroots is what we've been able to, you know, to do to turn around, um, 
and help out in injury situations, whether it's something that was drawn on a t-shirt or we've got two pieces that I carry around and what I call my bag of tricks of the special inserts that both of them were drawn on a piece of paper and faxed to us back when people still use fax machines. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, and so now, you know, they've got different ways to get it to us. It's just, uh, you know, the one thing when I'm working with an athletic trainer and they're drawing this up, I'm like, all right, do not get mad if we build what you draw. And I, 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 I get it. I've had it happen to me where they draw it, we build it, and we take it. And they're like, well, that's not what I wanted. Well, guess what? <laughs> Here an artist <laughs> Put it on your drawing. You we built what you drew. So don't get mad if we build what you draw. But um, no, it's endless what we can do. I mean, when it comes to you know protruding areas where there's been a bone break of some sort or uh, kidneys or you know lack of kidneys or whatever the case may be. And I mean, we had a parent parents drove over from Beaumont and uh to our factory and uh you know said the doctor told him that they had to get a pair of custom pads made and we're like what what's the injury and uh the kid had a metal rod in his chest to keep his rib cage co from collapsing on his heart and they needed padding built out on the ends where these rods came out to the skin they didn't come outside the skin they were inside the skin but they wanted extra padding there and i'm like oh my god and you know you're gonna need to sign a release form and then we had another kid that drove over with his parents his mom was a former ut cheerleader um university of texas anyway uh so we were a little more accommodated maybe than we would have been in situation. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, so the kid's there and, you know, he looks, you know, like an athlete. He's a linebacker and he'd had surgery. I said, well, take your, take your shirt off. Let me see what we're dealing with. And he had a zipper that ran from his belly button to his freaking neck. I mean, not a zipper, but, you know, the scar where they'd gone in and done this open heart surgery. And the mother looks at me and she goes, what do you recommend? I said, golf. <laughs> <laughs> no contact sports. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, are you, what is wrong with you people? And they're like, well, the only way he can play is if you build him something. And I'm like, well, you got to sign a release form too. But the thing the about it. in a when, bubble. When you're, when you're dealing with a situation like that, when these people are bound and determined that this kid's going to play, we know we can make them something better than they're going to be able to go buy off the shelf or off the internet. Yeah. You know, so, so we went in and extended the front and we put in a solid plastic front and we put in an extra cushioning and a channel system through that whole thing down the middle. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things where, yeah. I'm I'm not happy about doing this, but at least I know you're getting a shot with us than if you just go, you know, buy something, you know, off the shelf somewhere. You're but, as safe uh, as you can be. You know what I mean? Like in terms oh, of playing no, a contact no. sport with those types of injuries, you're as safe as you can be. 
Yeah, don't don't use the S word, Patrick. Not in the equipment business. You want to be safe? Play the piano. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> well, it, well, that's. What, I mean, obviously, I say that knowing that it is you're you're playing contact sports. You're doing something that inherently is not safe for your body. <laughs> so you are doing this and putting on a piece of equipment that we are going to make better than you being able to go out there without any type of padding on or equipment on. So yeah, yeah, like in that you are as quote unquote safe as you can be, but let's be honest, those two kids and no offense to them, they, they should not be playing sports. So, and you know, the thing about it though, the kid with the, that we built the pad, the, the front for the one I recommended golf to his parents to, they, um, um, he went on and played at, I think Trinity in college in San Antonio. We had to make it. We had to make a duplicate pad for him over there in their colors. Wow, I mean, good that's, for him. That's ballsy. At this here's, point, here's, I mean, you're in risk management business. I mean, the risk is there. Let's manage it the best we can. Yeah, here's one thing I will say that stands true for for y'all's quality of pad and the the quality of equipment that you make. You see more guys coming out still wearing like a, a Douglas pad, like in the pros, like what they wore in college, they'll want to take their shoulder pads to the pros. And it's just like, you see your pad out there more than anybody else's. And just in terms of like, if a guy's getting held, I mean, you see, you know, offensive defensive linemen in general, like they're grabbing shoulders, they're grabbing that you see Epplets uncovered all the time. And you're seeing the Douglas logo everywhere. I mean, it'd be a lot cooler if we saw the script Douglas logo, but I'm just, I'm just <laughs> sorry. I had to throw it in there, but you're seeing that you're, <laughs> you're seeing that on the, the collegiate and the professional level so much. And it's something that, like you said, it's something that equipment managers notice, but I notice it all the time. And I just, I see your guy's name out there everywhere, even on like the the Douglas cuff, like you know, like for for guys with some AC injuries or maybe some labor and labrum injuries, you see your name everywhere, right? Yeah, and the, yeah, with the arm restraints, those were good. And I didn't mean to, I, Scott. I don't know if I finished answering your question. I got sidetracked again. We talked about how this started when I was a small child, yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I mean, the stuff we can do if we haven't done it before somewhere, we we can do it. You know, we'll figure it out. And um, it's just in the, you know, when you're talking about those things, when 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 I first started promoting those hard, for one, we were the only company out in America that offered that kind of specialty inserts for injuries. Um, the other thing, I was, I was on a mission to eliminate blue contact foam from being put inside anybody's shoulder pads. And I have Never met the guy that created blue contact foam. I'm sure he's a good dude. I don't know. I have nothing against him, but it's not meant to go inside of an air management shoulder pad. And, you know, I walk into a locker room and I see that in there. My eyes just roll back in my head. I'm like, and after I started this little crusade uh, and meeting with the trainer, you know, I'd roll in the equipment room and the equipment guys are like, oh, whoa, that's not me. That's that's the trainer's. And I'm like, guys, I don't want to take the trainers out of the equation. I want them more involved with you and with us in these type situations. I don't want them just sticking foam in there when the three of us together can come up with a better mousetrap. And um, 
the thing that I heard the most on year two of my crusade from the training rooms I'd been in was for what I call the between the ears game. Um, now we're putting something in the pad that Velcro's in. It matches. It looks like it's supposed to be there. And it was designed for that specific injury. It gave the players more confidence and feeling better about going back out on the field, knowing they had something made specially customized for them mm-hmm. to go in this pad versus sticking some blue contact foam in. Yeah. I mean, that nail on the head with, it, it uh, half of this stuff with injuries, at least with the athletes, is making them comfortable on it. The big thing with ACLs is always that when they first start running on it, athletes tell you it doesn't feel stable. The doctor can tell them it's good, trainer can tell them it's good, but until they get out there and run on it, they don't trust it. So it's the same when it comes to these shoulder pads. When a kid breaks his collarbone from some hellacious hit over the middle and, and then he puts on the pads for the first time after coming back, he's going to be scared to get hit. So it's you know, having the clavicle inserts and things like that might, might you know, do the between the ears game. But that leads into another question. Have you spent a good bit of time in training rooms at, at these places you're going? Because that's, that's obviously something that you don't see a lot of vendors maybe um, at the collegiate level at least visiting training rooms. Do you try to make a point to, to get in there and talk to them about those inserts specifically? Absolutely. I try to show the in- inserts. And if it's somewhere where they're, you know, we've already got it established at all, I do try and at least do a drive by, stick my head in, say hello. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. let us know if you need anything. Uh, some are easier to get into than others, but um, a lot of times they'll come and meet us in the equipment room. But I do. I will <laughs> say, I think that that's a huge thing. Equipment guys, we probably, if you're not already doing this, need to do a better job of including them in and some of that stuff. I mean, I've had trainers come in with training students who had to be shown how to fit a helmet as part of one of their classes. And it's what they're learning in the book is just not at all practical or how, how we do things. So there's different quirks that I think bringing them in and letting them understand how some of this stuff works more and how, how we have access to things like you guys and, and even other protective companies that, you know, would benefit what they're trying to do as well between the vendors, specifically helmets and shoulder pads, um, us and the trainers, we're all kind of on the same team and keeping these kids safe and, and on the field. Like you said, anytime a kid gets hurt, the first thing you do is cringe, not because of crap is that our pad. Just you hate to see kids get hurt. Yep. No, no question. And, you know, one thing on that training thing, um, we did um, some videos. I don't know if you had a chance to look at them either through the catalog or th- through what we sent out, Scott. But uh, there's a shoulder pad fitting video, and there is a very good instructive. That's the. It's my favorite author from college, Clifford Notes. Um, this 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 the Cliff Notes <laughs> version of of my uh, of the flat versus cantilever is like a minute 30 seconds i mean it's direct it's to the point it lays out i mean teaching tool for your students or young people or people in the class and then the 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 sizing video on how to measure and how to fit a pair of shoulder pads um unfortunately the the star of the show has a face for radio which is why i agreed to do this podcast because I, i knew we wouldn't be airing my face anywhere again Fools' names, monkeys' faces always appear in public places. So uh, I try to stay clear of that stuff. But uh, they they did force me to do those two videos. And 
you know, I will say, regardless of who you have to look at and listen to, the content in them is both really, really educational and a good benefit. And you can look up both of those under on YouTube, if not through our catalog, um, under Douglas Shoulder Pad Fitting and Douglas um, Air Management, I think, so. I think that's the other one's titled. That's really valuable, especially, I mean, a lot of these smaller schools, you're seeing students um, running equipment rooms. I mean, I mean, we're talking D2, D3. It's not always the case, but it does happen. I mean, your experience um, at your community college was kind of similar to that. So anytime you can get that kind of information out to people, as long as they can search it, which we do have a lot of students who who listen to this, so that'll be good for them to go search out because unless – Unless you sit down and have a certified equipment manager teach you, it's kind of foreign. You just kind of, it's not like a t-shirt where you just put it on and say, yeah, that looks good. So it's its good. I'm glad you guys have that out there and, and, and people I'm sure um, will go out and look at it and maybe you'll get a little uptick in views and YouTube will start paying you guys some ad money. I don't know that we're going to, I don't know that we're going to do that. That was one thing we were worried about sending your podcast viral. They're like, bull man, be careful what you say on this thing. <laughs> We haven't uh, that, that many that many uh, phone uh, podcast apps to, to where I think you got to worry too much. But I don't know that you'll you'll see too much of an uptick in business from this. But maybe maybe a little bit. We'll and we'll call it uh, call it good. <laughs> I, was, I was more worried about something that'd be like a career-ending move than I was the the big upswing in business. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you touched on my community college year. I do have to say that is probably the most beneficial single season in my entire life as far as getting me to where I'm at today. When you when you got nothing and you're scrubbing out the freaking whirlpool after you got done soaking game clothes so that they can do treatments in the morning, it's you know, your equipment box your was a tackle box, you mm. know, and it was just, yeah. Yeah, we talk about it on here, man. Those small school kids, hire them. I mean, they've had to wear so many hats and do so much more. I mean, I, I've hired kids from big schools, and I've, I've worked with kids from big schools and small schools alike. But sometimes those big school kids, they've if, I mean, you've got places where they do a good job of training them up. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes you'll get those big school kids it's like, yeah, I worked practice and I decaled helmets and like that was all I had to do. Well, if you're one of those small school kids, you're one of like four and you're cleaning out the whirlpool for treatment. <laughs> you're doing a lot more, a lot more exactly. stuff. So those kids come ready to work and, and they know how to do, you know, a lot more stuff that maybe isn't um, normally well, expected of students. On that note, when I was hiring, I, I, I was able to have uh, two interns at the academy um and i'd hire olympic sport guys mm. because i can teach them football yeah you bring me a football guy and i need to send him over to women's field hockey or lacrosse and you know he's telling me to pack sand no i i want the guy that that, that you know used to have to go out and move the pits for the track team or whatever i i'll teach you football that's my job you know but yep. and you're here for football. But when I need you somewhere else, I need you somewhere else. Yeah, football is the easy thing to teach because for most equipment managers and for most people coming into the industry, that's something that they worked and they know a lot better. It's a lot harder to find somebody who knows, like you said, somebody had a somebody who knows all the Olympic sports, somebody who knows kind of all the ins and outs. And Scott, I just got to throw this out there. This is completely separate from everything, but our boy. Um, Brad 
who we had on here, student, uh, yeah. he's technically a student manager uh, at down at um, Mary Harden Baylor, right? Yep. Yeah, so he actually just got uh, a job with, I think, is it the internship? Like the season-long internship? Yeah, yeah with, the, with the Jaguars. So a guy who came on our show, I, I mean, had nothing to do with, with me or Scott in terms of helping get him a job because this dude was going to find something amazing without us. But just the fact that he came on the show and talked with us, he's now going to work with the Jags. And like you said, you want those those guys who are coming from like the smaller schools that have kind of done it all. They're kind of the jack of all trades because you'll learn more going from somewhere, getting kind of thrown into the fire like that than you would kind of in any other situation. 100%. And you don't already think you know it. No. Exactly. You are You are just chomping at the bit to learn anything new. So, that, I mean, for him, Brad, we love you, man. We're so excited for you. We're pumped for you. So we'll be definitely keeping in touch with you, see how it's going. But the one last thing, I say last thing, but one more thing I do want to ask you is, is there anything new Douglas is going to be coming out with here soon? Any new pads, any new crazy equipment that you guys, you know, do? Uh, I know, you, I mean, anything's custom. I mean, anybody can send you anything, like we, you we- said, Oh, go we ahead, go we got some stuff that we're playing with. Um, I can't go into any detail whatsoever. Um, where COVID put us a year behind. Um, again, back to our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. You know, um, we devoted all of our finances to keeping our family employed here over the past year with shutdowns and lack of people playing football and things like that. Um, we're okay. I'm not trying to give a sob story here. It's just that all new research, product development, any money that was going into that got shut off immediately, as did travel and entertainment expenses and all that stuff. Um, you know, charity starts at home. We got to take care of our own first. Um, and so we're about a year behind from where we want to be on that. Uh, late in the fall, we did start working on the new cushions but building them to fit into our existing arches so that we could at least start testing that side of it Mm -hmm. Uh, but we got some different design things some different color things uh obviously we're we're not going to abandon air management um that's our go-to uh does that mean we won't offer a a separate sideline that uh may have something different to it uh, we got to look at all things. If you don't, if you don't try and keep up with what's going on, uh, you know, I, I can't get away from anywhere without telling this one. Um, some of our competitors have, uh, thrown rocks at us for air management being old technology at uh, one NFL meeting. They, they, they announced during their presentation that be sure to say happy birthday to air management. It's 40 years old this year. And, um, that was when Byron Donza started it with Rogers Douglas, our founder. Um, and I'm like, man, isn't that great? Look at all the things it's accomplished over the last 40 years. Look at how many Heisman Trophy winners we've had. Look at all the league MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs. Because between us and Rydell, you know, there's a good 30-year run there where the, the Heisman Trophy winner wore air management. Um, I said, so it's done some amazing things. And then I I got another company that hit us with old technology and 
that one hit me a little bit. So I, I got online and just started Googling things. And I saw that Goodyear patented the inflatable tubeless rubber tire in 1904. I got four of them on my F-150. Uh, has that tire changed since 1904? Absolutely. Has the Douglas shoulder pad? Absolutely. But the core principle still. And then, you know, I talked about the Beechwood Age or the Beechwood Model. Budweiser opened in 1876. Jim Beam started making bourbon in 1796. Old technology tastes pretty good to this guy, but... Uh, this guy, too, don't worry. You don't worry about that. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I just... You know, people throwing rocks at us because they're old, or we're old, or whatever. It's just... The, the principles are there, and they work. They're proven. Um, we, we're definitely a strong believer in the dispersion of energy with our system. You know, any energy, and it's not just talking about injuries. It's energy. Any energy that's not dispersed by the shoulder pad gets transferred or absorbed by the athlete's body. So, and, you know, that creates fatigue and a lot of other things. So, it's, it's, it's about where's the energy going? Do they feel what the hits, or is it being dispersed? Is it, you know, is it playing wear and tear on their body? A hundred percent. And I mean, just, just like you talk about Riddell versus shut, those are the two biggest and, and obviously shut with vices now, but you talk about the helmets and more important than what brand of helmet you think is the best look or, you know, has the, the nicest face mask or whatever it may be. It's, it's how does it fit the athlete's head? The same could be said for, for air management versus what have you. If you've got a properly fit shoulder pad that's that's built well and is built to last and it's not going to give out, you know, mid-season because it's cheap materials, if it fits the athlete properly, it should keep the athlete safe for, you know, the whole season, recondition it, send it back out there and, and rinse and repeat, right? There's that S word again. <laughs> You're right. You're Can't right. Be, if you want to be safe, play the piano. We are here to protect you. Yes. Risk management. Manage the risk, hundred percent. No, no sport, no. I mean, like you said, golf, but like, I mean, not including vehicle. There's accidents. alligators on those courses. Well, and, not and, including car accidents. Look how many surgeries Tiger Woods had. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this guy, like beats his body up playing golf. Like there is no sport out there that is truly safe. If you, like you said, if you want to be safe, go play the piano or something. I in. Not not trying to be rude, not trying to 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 be like that, but yeah, I mean, you are reducing your risk by wearing a Douglas shoulder pad, probably more than the other people that are wearing other companies. But you're still running a risk no matter what you do. Oh no, absolutely. You know, and I, we talked earlier. I have a simple state school education. Um, so the example. The, the example I like to use when I'm ex- trying to explain air management to people, I have to explain it in ways that I understand it. So hopefully people I'm talking to understand it. But uh, we've all seen the stuntman jump off the building and land in the airbag. Yep. You know, the energy's dispersed. He gets up, he walks away. If, if that bag were totally sealed, it'd be like a giant moonwalk shooting back up in the air. If it had a big hole in it, he's going straight through to the concrete underneath it, and you need a new stump man. So that's a similar concept and principle here, you know. And if the guy jumps off and he lands on a stack of wrestling mats or memory foam, it's going to absorb some energy, but it's it's going to transfer. The athlete's going to, you know, the stump man's going to get the the energy's going to get transferred to him. It's not going to be dispersed the way it is in an air management system. 
It's a good way to put it. I mean, I understood it, and Pat and I both also have simple state school educations. So if we could get it and you could get it, I think I think we're doing all right. Um, Pat, I don't know if you have any other questions, but the one I did want to ask real quick, I mean, I think between building 6X shoulder pads and things that fit the front of uh, open-heart surgery patients, those probably are up there. But do you have any examples of other duties as assigned, things that you've had to do throughout your career that maybe aren't in what you uh, had express uh, <laughs> explicitly excuse me, uh, listed in your contract that, that you can share with us? Guys, what I've, I've said this repeatedly. Douglas, greatest strength, greatest weakness, small family-owned company in Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, I, I originally was hired as uh, promotions and sales for NFL Division One in 2000. Um, I had right coast to left coast. There was one of me out there. Um, uh, but during this process and still today, and it could be tomorrow if something happens to Cookie, you know, I've been the shipper. Uh, you know, the receptionist, uh, yeah. What if the box need moved, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, during the summertime, I'm, I'm grommeting belts, you know, uh, we're cutting Velcro, all of us, you know, uh, cutting Velcro, putting it, I hate cutting Velcro. I, I love grommeting belts. That's, that's like my second calling in life and, you know, running the clicker, clicking out by the thing. No, we're, we're all, we all do something once we're to the point where the phones aren't ringing and we've got the orders in. Now we just got to get everything out the door. Uh, one weekend, my wife was up here on a Saturday ironing removable channels. Wow. You, you don't want, you don't even want to know what the BOM on those were. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's we're all hands on deck, man, and we don't even think twice about it. Uh, it's and that was that was the year that we unified uni, uniformed our channels to being all black uh, instead of colors for removable channels, so we could build those in the off season. The Saturday that my wife was up here ironing channels, we had to come up with something better, and she was awesome about it. Don't get me wrong; I'm making fun of it, but. Uh, at the end of the day, that was not how either one of us wanted to spend our Saturday, but we knew we had to get orders out on Monday. I mean, yeah. All hands on deck, man. Exactly. Get the job done. The box had to be moved. Yeah. I mean, that those little businesses like that, man, in a lot of ways, you guys are, are a little school, just like those student managers have to do a lot more things. You're obviously doing more than just uh, answering the phone and pushing shoulder pads. So that's, um, yeah, I guess your entire job could be called the other duty is assigned uh, for Douglas shoulder pads. Uh, yeah, I do think we fit the mold some days, fellas. Absolutely. 100%. But I will say with that, man, Bull, thank you so much for joining us. I could, could we? I mean, we could probably go on for another hour and a half here, um, but it you has know, been. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, no, sorry. No, go keep, keep go. No, I was just saying, like, it has been just so much fun talking to you. I, I mean, every time I get a, a chance to, to sit down and talk with you, we we have fun. You know what I mean? We I, I learn a few things. We have some fun. We talk about some shop. And then uh, off recording, at least for today, we, we have some more fun stories to, to share with each other. But it's just been an absolute pleasure. We're so excited to be able to do this this vendor series and we really want to thank you for for coming on and joining us. And for anybody that's listening, 
there is no doubt in my mind we kind of could have done a two or three part series with you um <laughs> but but we at least tried to keep it to to one part just because um i i mean we we, we want to be fair to everybody else all of our other vendors out there but seriously man thank you so much for for sitting down with us today this has been just so much fun hey guys first of all i appreciate what you're doing with this whole thing um i gotta be honest with you uh i didn't know about it prior to you reaching out to me but i've since gone back through and listened to a bunch of your series and uh i think it's fantastic i think it was an awesome idea i wish i'd have been told about it sooner especially during the lockout time you know uh when you guys started all this I think it's phenomenal. I think it's a great idea. I think it's awesome. And I truly appreciate it. And I told Scott when he sent me the first email, I was honored to be in the company of, of Terry and Jeff uh, as being the first three in the vendor series. And uh, obviously, I've had a good time tonight. So not trying to steal anything away from anybody else. But if we need to do an encore, uh, let me know. <laughs> and hell, we don't even have to record it if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. When this COVID stuff calms down, Pat, we'll just book flights to Houston. We'll get, we'll use the excuse of uh, getting the Douglas tour for the pod or something, and we'll, we'll get some kolaches and do it big. Hey, yeah, you know what? Do a, do a live on site here. And yeah, yeah. Get a stage yeah. set up, get Cookie to set a stage up for us. Have somebody else call in so you're not even doing it with me. Just say you're coming live from the international headquarters at Douglas and, this, hey, the stories are much better when I can use my hands. <laughs> Talk with my hands. Uh, I mean, I don't need much more convincing than that. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, that's, I yeah. think that's a done deal. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as some some lockdowns and some some COVID are in control, where uh, we are on our way to to Texas. Awesome, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Thanks, Bull. We'll see you, buddy. Yeah, come on. See y'all next week. See ya.